long as dirt, but we've been here. We've been in Vineyard since 96. Uh, we have five kids. One is adopted. Don't remember which one. Um, we like to blame that on some of them. And I have eight grandkids. I know. Wow. It's a lot of Christmas. It's a lot of Christmas presents. Um, I love Jesus. I have loved Jesus since I was probably fourth grade. God came into my life in a real way. And through my life, uh, like junior high camp, high school camp, I would have experiences with God. Um, and I was here all these years leading worship, loving Jesus, listening to God. But there was something in my life I neglected my inner life. So one day, about three years ago, I had an earthquake. Not a major thing. Like, we think of major things like cancer or I can't even, like my house burnt down. Or I, no, There was no death. It was just like a little circumstance. And it quaked me and shook me and almost took me out. Um, I asked God, why is this doing this? It's not that really big of a deal, right? I still hurt like everybody else hurts. But this was my how I was living my life. My plans were my plans, and my goals were my goals. My priorities were my priorities, but I loved Jesus. It was almost like he was a hobby, and he, I was very busy here at church with my hobby. Now, I was saved. I want to say that. I knew him, but there was something more. So at this time period is when my kids, uh, you guys, I don't know if some of you remember Melissa and Aaron. They're my kids. They were the youth leaders, and they moved to Everett. Broke my heart. My three grandkids, my first three grandkids, and they moved with them. I didn't think that that was right, but they did go with their mom and dad. So I began to drive back and forth from Everett. And I would, when they first left, they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, friends and stuff to help them. So they would call me and say, Mom, can you come babysit? Oh, you bet I'm coming. So I would go and um, drive over the pass. Sometimes Richard come with me, sometimes Libby come with me, sometimes by myself. But I drove this road over Snoqualmie and back. And I would cry out to the Lord, what is wrong with me? What has happened here? So one day I was driving and I saw... It was a forest fire had gone through parts of Snoqualmie. And uh, I said to the Lord, that's how I feel. I feel this. I feel dead. There's nothing pretty about that. If you people who hike, I don't hike. If you people who hike, we're going to go for a hike. Would you go through there? I wouldn't. 
it's going to ruin your shoes, right? Um, and the Lord, the Lord was still talking to me through all of this. And he, he said to me, you're right. You had a forest fire. You had fuel for a forest fire. Well, Lord, what was that fuel? Pride. Uh, remember this? <laughs> that. My plans were my plans. My goals were my goals, and my priorities were my priorities. There's no God listed in there. And so he began to show me I had a forest fire in my life. See, I was in charge of my life. I loved him. I listened to him. He did talk to me. I read my Bible on occasion. I spent time with him on occasion. Also driving over Snoqualmie at this, past, at this time in the past, they were building the roads. And I would observe this, the amount of people that came to build this road and the machinery that came to build this road. This is a big undertaking. And I would like, <clears throat> if I went over one day and came back the next, I'd go over and I could see where that big, huge thing, machinery, piece of machinery was. And on the way back, it was in the same spot. Didn't move much. It was slow. One day, <clears throat> I went to Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby to me is, uh, I don't know what you call it. It blesses my heart. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't buy much. I go down every aisle. And I just look, and I dream, oh, I'd love to do that. Oh, that would be fun. And I got to the part where they had the coloring books. And I knew people in our group that were coloring, and I thought, oh, I could color. <laughs> this would be good. I could color. And right next to the coloring was a journal, a coloring prayer journal. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, we could do that. We could. I could color and journal with you. I get a thumbs up. So I buy it. You buy new crayons or pencils every time. you got to buy new ones. And um, so I went home and I started coloring. And I started journaling. And the other thing that I did was in, you know, the Bible app where you can read through the Bible in a year? Well, I had started one the year before and never finished it, so I picked it up, and here's what I did. I read my quota. <laughs> I read my quota for the day. I colored, and I journaled. This is how this started. Here's an excerpt from my journal. I'm a mess. I don't even know how to find myself. I don't know where to begin. I just keep reading your word. One day it'll break through, right? So I just kept reading. And the one thing that I did was I read no matter what. And I read if I was tired and I didn't get a thing out of it, I read it. If I um, was distracted, I read no matter what. 
Some days I would read, and I would find things, and I'd journal them. And I came across Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Remember my motto, my plans? It was me. My ideas, uh, he has better ones. Realization. Yeah, he made all this. He knows all this. And I had my plans and my priorities. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word, written, spoken, does not return to him void. So I asked him, so while I'm in Exodus reading the dimensions of the temple, he said, my word. That's my word. It doesn't return void. See, this commitment I made, it's not a waste of time. So even when I didn't feel like doing it, I'm going to read this and mark it off, you know? It doesn't return void. Of course, I'm going to get more out of it if I have a better attitude, right? Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. These are the gems I found. Psalms 18.30, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. John 15.4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you Abide in me. Isaiah 58, 9a. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. In my journaling, I would cry out to the Lord. I would ask him a question. Why is this? And you know what? He would answer me. Pages later, I would get an answer. I would get a verse, maybe uh, a little small voice in my, in my heart. But he would answer me. Okay, this is a big one. Psalm 139.17. I'm sorry, you guys, you got to hear it. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You see, he thinks about me 
like the little grains of sand on the beach. You know how many little grains of sand are on the beach? I don't even know. I bet there's a formula to figure it out, but he thinks of me. I am his favorite. He thinks of me that way. Um, I own this, right, Patty? <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Patty. <laughs> You're his favorite. I own this. I took God's word, started reading it because that's what I should do, and I owned it. And I know he thinks about me like the sand. How many pieces of sand there are? Hebrews 12, 12-13. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. I have to tell you a story. Years ago, I, it's probably been 20 years, maybe a little more than that, which is sad because I'm not that old, but um, I went camping one week with my sister and her family, we went to Snake River. Richard did not go, and I'm not a camper. I don't like camping, I don't like outhouses, I don't like dirt. I just, yeah. So this was pretty safe camping. And the camping was next to the Snake River, and they had a, uh, uh, a dock that was square like this that they would put the boats at, so it was deeper there. And we spent the days down playing on the beach in the water in the duck poop. How fun. <laughs> That's what I thought. My sis I was telling my sister, this is not, this is gross. But the kids loved it. So my sister and I and my brother-in-law, we would go down and all the kids, you could see them all and nobody's drowning and it's all good. Little Stephen, who is now not little, he had a bicycle with training wheels. And we head back to our campsite. He's riding along that dock, and he goes to make the turn, and his training wheel goes into the, into the water. I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Talking to my sister, I see Stephen go down, every part of him, boop, and I could see in slow motion. And I said to my sister, Stephen's in the water. We were holding all the swim things, all the swim paraphernalia, and we, her and I dropped it and ran. Okay, uh, pretty sight. <laughs> My sister and I are not skinny by any means. I'm not even sure the last time I ran before that day was, right? But Stephen went in the water, so her and I take off running. Well, that's funny. I do that, but... Um, yeah, and my brother-in-law thought, oh, they're just being silly, you know, they're being silly, they, Tammy tickled her or something, right, and they're running. I get to the dock and around the corner, so I go around the corner. I'm trying to reach Stephen as fast as I can. He is still underwater. He's not going to let go of his bike. That's what he told us later. My sister jumps in the water. Well, I didn't think of that. My sister jumped in the water, though. I went around. 
she pushes him to me, and I pull him out, and we get the bike, and she has to get his shoes, you know. That is known in our family as the day that I saved Stephen's life. In the midst of that running, I hurt my knee. That knee has always hurt. I've never gone to have it. I just haven't. I probably need surgery, but just haven't done it. And I hurt my knee. I come across this scripture. Strengthen the hands which hang down, which is what I was doing. I was just, oh, Lord, what do you mean has happened? And the feeble knees. I have feeble knees. At that time, I only had one feeble knee. Now I have a matching set. It's really good. Um, make straight paths for your feet so what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. I thought back to Snoqualmie Pass, and they were building that road. They were making a straight path for our cars. They were adding things to that road to make it safe. And I began to think of this, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, why don't we build a road together? Let's build a road together so that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. I love that idea. So I Googled it. Hold on. Before I Googled it, I want to tell you this. He also showed me on my road that we're going to build together. He gave me a lot of choices. He doesn't take away your free will. I really think I could have built any kind of road. You know, what do, Tammy, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to do? And he showed me one of the things that his requirement for my road was that it would have guardrails. See, he was going to protect me. No danger of falling off. It's a one-way road. Not two ways. One way with two lanes. One lane for him. One lane for me. Guardrails. No exits. No U-turns. We're going to go forward. And Tammy, you're going to follow me. And we're going to go. Okay. I can do that. So here's where I Googled it. Michigan Department of Transportation. They have this whole thing. They're world-renowned for their roads. Did not know that. Their roads last the longest. Their bridges are the oldest, and they're in good shape. So this is how Department of Transportation builds a road in Michigan. They plan it. They design it. They do earthwork. And they pave it. The last thing is they open it. I don't know how you open a road to you just one day. Yeah, cut the string. Here, you can go on my road now. So, so with this in mind, planning. This is from Department of Michigan. Department of Transportation of Michigan. Man, glad I don't work for them. 
Planning involves a mission, a vision, a strategic plan. It uses transportation planners, engineers, environmentalists, landscape architects, soil scientists, to name just a few. It takes a lot of people to build a road. You have to acquire the land. You need money to fund this road, which might mean you have to wait for an election to get a, a levy passed or something. And it's designed to be an asset. I'm going to go back to that. Um, that's a lot of work for a road. But I guess the ultimate goal for a road is to be safe, right? To be able to be traveled on, to be able to be plowed, and to not have debris on it or whatever. So planning, my planning, mission and vision statement. What did I want out of this life? Where did Jesus fit into this plan? Did I want him in this plan? Do you know that he asked me that? Do you want me a part of this? Yes, I do. Who and what was going to help me attain this goal? Okay, I have commitment. I'm journaling. I'm reading God's word. I'm praying. As I started my journaling and coloring, the coloring kind of fell off. I quit coloring. That was kind of a waste of time. <laughs> right? God does that to me. He doesn't tell me exactly what we're doing. He just says, hey, come color. Okay, I'll come color, you know. And I had those in place, my commitment, journaling, reading God's word and praying. But over, I want you to know that over the years, it has grown. I do more than just that. That's what I started with, reading my quota for the day out of the Bible app. But it's more than that now. Um, I surrounded myself with worship music in my car, podcasts. I come to church. I surround myself with teachers that teach me things. I hang out with friends who encourage me. At this point in my life, I did not have room to, for me to be a missionary to somebody. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. It would have taken me down. Design. Department of Transportation of Michigan. They survey. They do location, terrain, and soil properties, drainage capabilities, traffic volume. Will it be a two-lane, a four-lane highway, or freeway? And possible future development in the area. And when, um, when they go to build, let's say they're going to have growth. They want to expand the growth of the city this way. What's the first thing they put in? Roads. You cannot grow a city unless you have roads. There's other things you need, uh, water and sewer and all those things, utilities. Nobody's going to go build a house where they can't have water and they have to have a four-wheel drive to get to it. Well, some people might, but not me. What kind of road did I want? I really feel like the Lord asked me, what do you want? What kind of terrain? And then what about the soil? How are we going to deal with that and future growth? Where was I going? I'm building a road. I'm not building a road to nowhere. 
Okay, I started looking at roads. Isn't that a pretty road? I like that road. I started dreaming. Look, it doesn't that look like fun. Jew, 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 jew. But I couldn't keep that up forever. I kind of lose that. What about this road? Ooh, fun. No, that one's not for me. You have to be awake on that road. <laughs> um, this is not for me either. <laughs> I look at that and think confusion. So, Lord, it can't be confusing. I can't have to take different, oh, turn and circle. No, 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 no. Okay, this is a no Tammy road again. It has cliffs. Tammy does not like cliffs. Um, there's stories in our families where they drive. Like uh, Richard's mom wouldn't go white pass coming this way because of all the cliffs. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Nice big freeway. <clears throat> if you notice one thing about this picture, though, they're on the wrong side of the road. So that tells me they're yay, in a foreign country, right? We're somewhere not here. Do I want to go somewhere not here? I kind of thought not. I like driving on my side of the roads. Sorry, Nigel. You can have it. Here is my road. There's a, this picture doesn't totally depict it because my road is a one-way road. This is a two-way. Two one-way road and my road has guardrails. But do you see those hills? Doesn't that look like fun but safe? And there is a road in Yakima that did, uh, had a little hump in it. Uh, I had a big blue van, threw all my kids in it, and my goal <laughs> was to get them to leave their seats. And... Uh, you would hear Melissa say to the others in the back, oh, no, <laughs> here it comes. I look around for policemen because I have to go a little faster. Stomp on it. And they all scream, woo. Yes. Christopher left his seat. Yes. That's my road. My road is fun. I like to have fun. But my road is with God. Okay, earthwork. Department of Transportation of Michigan. Most important. It takes the most time. Roads must have a stable foundation. Now, this is right from their website. This is not me Christianizing it at all. A roadway with a substandard foundation will fail prematurely. I had a substandard foundation, and it failed me. Earthwork includes embankments, includes proper drainage. Did you know a road goes up in the middle? I didn't know that. Improper drainage shortens the life expectancy of the road. These things all have to, my son is calling me. Hi, son. Um, these things all have to be addressed. I remember that big machine in Snoqualmie. I think it was doing earthwork. The contractor layers 12 inches of gravel at a time, spraying each layer with water and compressing and compacting the layer. Layers are added and compacted until the roadbed reaches the height called for in the design. This is not done in a day. 
So um, I was asking God, what, what kind of soil? I was kind of worried about this soil thing. How is my soil? And the answer I got back from him, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, uh-oh, sorry, we're going to go on, is that I'm willing. I have a willing heart. We kind of sing about it today. The heart is open. The digging of the soil, the working of the soil, the manipulating of the soil, the moving of the soil, and the compressing of the soil. This is the part where God molds and he adds. And he adds that water and he compresses it to me. Hopefully a willing heart, willing soil. God does the work. He adds the gravel. He adds the water. And he does the pressing. You have to trust him. He transforms that willing soil into a foundation that will stand and be strong. See, I don't know anything about building roads. Either do I don't know really much about building the road that for my heart, what God does. And I have to trust him. Okay, that little part there, the center of the roadway is higher than the sides, so the water drains off, keeping the road clear of standing water and increasing the life of the road. This really struck me. When you're doing that foundation, and God is pressing and adding and grading, and it's not fast. He puts in drains, and the design of the road is to be higher in the middle so that the water runs off it. Storms come, rains come. We have to have the ability to deal with the storm and the residual debris from the storm. Within our willing soil is a component of repentance. Um, I think I'm really sorry to say this is a big admission here. Before my road, repentance was not a big part of my life. That's a shame. Why, why was I in the place I was in? I see lots of reasons now. So my prayer time started to add, Father, I didn't like my reaction to blah, blah, blah. Forgive me and show me where I need to change. Father, if there's anything that I've done that does not honor you, whether I know it or not, please forgive me. Father, I should not have said that. Please forgive me. Sometimes uh, us ladies at work, we get to talk and I have to go home and, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It's, it has to be, for me, it has to be a daily thing. Every day. You know, you might come to God with your soil, and maybe your soil has addictions or lying, selfish, stealing, I don't know, pornography, pride and anxiety, 
He says it's okay. You just got to be willing. And then you got to, in that willingness, be willing to repent of the things that he's showing you. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. See, we're all sinners. We, we have little things here and there, right? And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay, this one is a dangerous prayer, but I kind of tackled this one because really, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Lord, I give you permission that if I'm going to speak something and it's not to your glory that you shut me up. Maybe, Maybe a coughing fit or something, you know? Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. Lord, I don't want to be a participant in things that are not of you. And don't let me be rewarded if I am. So the final step, I guess it's not really the final step. I don't count opening the road as a final step of building a road. Uh, because I think as you start to build, you start to use it here and there. The final step in building a road, according to Michigan Department of Transportation, is paving. This road has to be usable. I can't go trucking through mud puddles to get where I need to go. What is the weather, volume of traffic? Where is the best, what is the best material to use? Department of Transportation in Michigan, they use asphalt and concrete. I believe that's the same everywhere, right? I don't know. I just know Michigan. Asphalt is petroleum product to glue together sand and crushed rock, and then it is heated to 300 degrees at the asphalt plant, and then the hot mixture is spread and compacted on the roadbed. A concrete pavement is cement and water as the glue between sand and crushed rock. Workers place concrete into steel molds called forms. A finishing machine vibrates and trims it to the necessary height. This prevents cracks, and then they cut joints between the concrete slab, and all the joints are joined together, but, but there's that little space. It allows for the concrete to expand and contract, but not go up and down. Have you been on those uh, cement roads that you're driving? They're like, dup, 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 dup. yeah, they've gone up and down. So these contract this way. Uh, the Lord was showing me he needed me to be flexible. He needed me to move when he said move but not in a way that wasn't pleasing to him up and down. That would ruin my road. Uh, he did show me. I know this is crazy. I always think, you guys think I'm crazy. The Lord showed me I have a concrete. I do have a concrete 
asphalt. Paving is like heat, get it all done, mash it down, and go, right? No, not Tammy. <laughs> we get to go form by form, lay the cement, and then they take machines that trim it and level it and smooth it. Yeah, it's a process. Join it with the next section. It's a process. So the Department of Transportation in Michigan, the last thing they do before they open a road is they check the road. They inspect it. It's got to pass codes, and, uh, you know, they just check it for problems. They take a seismology equipment thing and run. They drive on the road with their seismology equipment. And if there's too many vibrations, guess what? That road has to go back to be trimmed and leveled, more work. But if it had too many vibrations, it's not going to be a good road. It's not going to last. It's going to have problems. Have you heard of that road? I don't even know where it is. I'm going to say Texas. Where you drive on the vibrations on the side and it sings a song. That is on my bucket list. I've got to go. I've watched it on YouTube. You drive down the thing and it'll do, I think it does, my country, tis of thee, that one. And, they, and it plays it. If you, get your, you have to go the right speed and get your wheel in the right spot. Right? Yeah, that's just a side note. Hey, something, something extra there. Okay, my road. <clears throat> my road is one way. Two-lane road with lots of beautiful trees. I am in one lane, and God's in the other lane. And he travels a little bit ahead of me. There are guardrails on my road that keep me focused on what's ahead. These keep me safe from falling off the road and going astray or being hurt. Eh, if I am hurt, I have my time with him to fix that, right? There is no turning around on my road. Him and I are in this together. He will never exit. Uh, he showed me a picture one time. I couldn't find it in my journal. I had a, a little picture of my road, and he blew it up. And I thought, oh, my road, why did you blow it up? He was showing me that it was the part behind me, and he was blowing it up because there was no turning back. There wasn't even a road back there. We're going to move forward. My road is concrete so I can expand and contract with changing conditions without my road falling apart. He's always adding to my road. Always. Construction is always going on. Earthwork is always going on. He's always checking my foundations and my drainage, and he's checking my road for cracks in the concrete and applying trimming and grinding when things need to be smoothed out. This is an always. So uh, in building my road, how is that going to happen if I don't spend time with him? I have to spend time with him. And uh, again, it's not an everyday, oh, Tammy, we need to talk about this. Or, look at this scripture. 
every day. I spend daily time with him in his word. And to do this, I give up things like TV. I don't watch much TV because I have priorities that he has given me. And I do make some time for some fun like that, but it just doesn't happen. It's just not in my list. Even shopping. I don't go shopping. Hey, Walmart <laughs> has online shopping. Oh, my gosh, it's saved my life. You, you get the app and you shop online. And then about three hours later, you drive up to Walmart, park in their special spot. They bring it out and put it in your car. Who thought of this? Why didn't you do this when all my kids were little? <laughs> it's amazing. I memorize scripture so his word is in me. I started this a while ago. I started out slow. I have an app that I use. You can ask me about it. I, uh, I checked it the other day. I don't really concentrate on how many I'm at. 120 verses. It rotates through these verses. So like today... My verses I review, I only review a few, and then tomorrow it'll be different. But if I get it wrong, it leaves it, and I have to do it tomorrow again. But, it, but it's part of my priorities. And you know how I have those scriptures. When I hit a milestone, I memorize it. Isaiah 55, I've memorized that. So it comes up in my uh, rotation of my memorization. And I think back, oh, yeah, remember when I found that, Lord? Remember when you promised me that your word won't return void? So that's how I use that. I try to maintain a dialogue with him, with him about hurts, which are wrongs done to me, things I got hurt by. And confession, which is the wrongs I've done where I'm responsible. This is not an easy part for me. Not at all. Does not come naturally. And uh, I... I said that sentence to you earlier. Lord, if there are things that I've done and I don't know it, forgive me. I say that one every day because I, you know, <laughs> it kind of covers me. The goal is to keep my heart willing. I have a few friends in here that if I feel my heart isn't being very willing, I could go talk to somebody. Uh-oh, my heart's not willing. Pray for me. Am I perfect at this? No. But I'm on this road with him, and I just keep moving forward. This is my challenge that I want to extend to you. Are you spending quiet time with him? I'm not saying you have to do it to be saved. I don't think that's the case. But to be healthy to be fruitful, to move on, to do what he's called you to do, you have to take care of your insides. I took care of my outsides pretty well. I did a lot of things. I sang. I did all these things. But my insides are what need that tender approach. And he knows that about me. So this is my challenge to you. Are you spending time with him every day? If you're not, I want you to start by doing a Bible app 
hey, I did it for a while with the wrong attitude, and God still used it. I did it with sometimes, like, I'm so tired, why do I have to read this? I'm going to go to sleep. Okay, fine, I'll read. You know another thing I did? I surrounded myself with God's word. I listened to it. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I either listen to God's word or worship music. I'm not saying that listening to the radio is wrong, but for me, on this building of my road, I have to surround myself with what is good. If you're not doing that, if you're not spending time with him, why not? What do you, you know, 15 minutes a day. That's how I started, 15 minutes a day. You could color. (laughs) And that's my challenge for you. The other challenge I have, if you're listening to me speak and you're thinking, I don't know that Jesus thing. I'm passionate about this. I would love to pray with you if you don't know Jesus. So, okay, Dusty. Thanks, Tammy. Um, so a couple of things just to kind of end. If, um, if I could get everybody to just close your eyes for me for a moment. Um, there was a couple things um, I felt like God was speaking to me, and then uh, my friend Michelle had a, had something she felt like was from the Lord as well. But when Tammy was talking about kind of this dialogue she has learned to have with God and this dialogue of just letting God speak to her and engaging with God even when it seemed like he wasn't there, that's huge because our whole universe particularly here in the West, is about doing something and then getting a response right away, right? I want to microwave my ramen noodles and have them immediately available to me within 30 seconds or I'm frustrated. Or I'm pulling up to McDonald's and if it's not ready in 1.5 minutes, then I'm, I'm mad. And we just, we, we all want this instant thing. And what Tammy's talking about with this building the road and discipline and... Um, kind of hanging in there and being tough is not sexy. And it's not something that we really talk about a whole lot, that endurance of the faith that talks about in Scripture so much. And when Paul's talking about running the race and the discipline and what it takes to really make it to the end, that's what Tammy's talking about this morning. And so I really want to encourage you to start engaging with God as, as Tammy was encouraging us to do and just see what happens. You know, there's a certain element of fake it till you make it in our walk with God. Just keep pushing in and pressing in and God will answer. Um, and then there was another word of um, that truth transcends the names or labels that have been put on you. Anger, abuse, depression, anxiety, all these other things, that you have been given a name and a label that just feels wrong, and it's not someone who you are meant to be or someone who you want to be, that you can get rid of that label. 
And the encouragement for you this morning is to grab someone and have them pray for you and ask for them to pray that label off of you. Let God break that off of you to free yourself from that label because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That the old things have passed away and the new have come. I could just keep quoting scripture after scripture of this truth of that once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that our old is past and done and buried. It's crucified on the cross with him. We don't have to be that person. We don't have to be that thing anymore. And that you should live in confidence with who it is that God has created you to be. So Lord Jesus, everything that was said this morning, all that Tammy shared from her heart, Lord God, what you've revealed to us this morning, Jesus, Lord, would you cement that in our hearts? Would you cement that in our spirits, Lord God? Lord, the truth that we felt um, you speaking to us from Tammy this morning, God, would you secure that in us, Lord Jesus? And Lord, we're willing. Lord, we have open hearts, Lord God, for you to change us and transform us and make us new and trim those rough edges where they're there, Lord God, and trim those things that need to be trimmed, Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing, Lord God, over each person here this morning, Jesus. Lord, would you meet them right where they are? Lord, would your spirit rest on them this morning? Lord, we thank you for bringing us together today. Lord, may we truly advance your kingdom as we go out this week, Jesus. Amen. Um, So again, just encouraging you, if you felt like that there was something there in what Tammy said or in the word that was given, um, grab somebody, have them pray for you, um, sit with them. Uh, Other than that, if uh, you have kiddos in back, if you go back and get your kiddos, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll be continuing on our series this next week. So thank you. Bless you guys.